Happy Thursday, everyone. Welcome back to Unbothered. Today, it's going to be all NBA-focused, talking about the Mavs, the Lakers, back-to-backs. The East is essentially wrapped up, and then uh, West is still very intriguing with the big game last night. Lakers-Clippers, Clippers winning that game. I'll get into all that. So let's get right into it with the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, one win, two losses with the Dallas Mavericks. What do I mean by that? Well, first, their win last night, uh, they kind of had, it was a kind of a must win to beat Sacramento to keep their play in hopes alive. And they were sensational. Uh, last night, uh, Kyrie especially uh, led the team in points, 31 points on uh, 23 shots. Six for ten from three. Uh, again, phenomenal. Uh, four rebounds, eight assists. Uh, really carried the load. Uh, then Luka Doncic was also efficient. Twenty nine points on nineteen shots. Uh, he had it going there as well. Uh, eight of ten from a free throw line. Uh, that duo was able uh, to get it done. Great kind of must win, gritty win. For them, again, to keep their playing hopes alive. You couple that with the uh, Thunder loss on Tuesday. Uh, that keeps their chances, again, realistic. They're tied with OKC. So, essentially, they need to win out. And OKC needs to lose one more in order for the Mavericks to get in. Two of a ten spot in the play-in. Uh, it's all they can get to. I think Dallas does have a shot considering their schedule is easier. They get the Bulls, but they get them at home tomorrow night, and then they play the Spurs on Sunday night at home. So last two games of the year are home games uh, for the Thunder. Uh, They're still playing the Frisky Jazz in Utah. Don't sleep on them. And then their last game uh, is against the Grizzlies on Sunday. So that should be interesting to me. A little tougher finishing stretch than the Mavericks. So I still like the Mavericks to get that 10th spot. Uh, but again, I just like the way this Dallas team played uh, last night. 50% shooting from the field, 45% uh, from three. When you're shooting that good, uh, the poor defense that Dallas has, uh, that'll definitely make up for it considering uh, Sacramento owned them on the boards. Sacramento had 22 offensive rebounds to Dallas, 7. Now, obviously, Dallas, if they were to somehow make it to the playoffs, they're not going to win a playoff series because in the playoffs, you it's not sustainable. You can't win four games when the other team is out-rebounding you offensively by 15. Just can't happen. Uh, but Dallas was able to get the win. Good for them. They needed it. Uh, Kyrie was great. Uh, Luca was great as well. The two stars showed up. They need to do it two more times to have a shot at getting in to the play-in. Now, what two losses were handed to the Mavs? Well, one, the NBA denied the Mavericks protest of the Warriors' uncontested basket. Uh, so, happened a few weeks ago, about a month ago, uh, in which the Officials gave the ball to inbound to the Warriors. Mavericks thought it was theirs. They didn't announce it. 
Uh, nothing came about it, this incident. Uh, so in the process, Mark Cuban lost uh, $10,000 because of that protest. Uh, Cuban said it is what it is. They screwed up. It happens. But they're not going to replay it. So that was one of the losses that happened. And then the other one, I thought Mark Cuban uh, really made a dumb statement. He lost me uh, when he said that the Mavs didn't get a shot at re-signing Jalen Brunson. Uh, obviously, that's in the news now. I talked about this last week on my podcast. Now, uh, Luka Doncic said that they miss Jalen Brunson on the team, or at least he misses uh, Jalen Brunson. And the sad part is they could have resigned him. Uh, Cuban, Mark Cuban, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, uh, said that they again because of Jalen Brunson's father uh, being one of the assistant coaches on the Knicks. So you know he said that that kind of you know didn't get the opportunity to negotiate before Brunson signed a four-year, hundred and four million dollar deal with the Knicks in free agency. Uh, he said it went south when a couple of the Jalen Brunson's father and another friend went to the Knicks, but they had their chance. Uh, Brunson said he was willing to sign a four-year, $56 million extension with the Mavs uh, last year in January. Uh, his father also said that he would have accepted that as well. Uh, Cuban disputed that, which I don't know why. Uh, he would dispute. Uh, then, you know, uh, they said they would have also taken a bit more money. They wanted to take a bit more money other than the four-year 56. They said they would have accepted that, but said that, you know, they wanted to make more money uh, if possible. And, you know, Mark Cuban uh, didn't really make any moves to increase the salary cap. It's also a bummer because since the Mavs had his bird rights, since they drafted him, he could have offered him a fifth year onto that four year uh, with a little bit more money as well. So this to me is on Mark Cuban dropping the ball. They had multiple opportunities starting last year in January to re-sign Jalen Brunson at multiple uh, intervals in the season uh, before it even got to free agency. And then, yes, I believe once it got to free agency and a formal offer was never on the table, that he was going to leave regardless. So when Mark Cuban said, oh, we didn't get a chance to bid after that, I totally agree with him on that one. But don't act like you didn't get a shot at re-signing Jalen Brunson because he was under contract with you. You had multiple times to re-sign Jalen Brunson. And if you would have done that, you could have kept Spencer Dinwiddie and Finney Smith the same team that made it to the Western Conference Finals last year. Dorian Finney-Smith, who's a good defender. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, who's a good backup uh, in ball handler when Luka came out of the game. Jalen Brunson, who was a good fit with Luka. Mark Cuban could have preserved that, but instead he let Jalen Brunson walk. Then he traded Finney-Smith and Dinwiddie for Kyrie Irving. So you essentially lost three players for one. That's on Mark Cuban not doing a good job at his job in building a team. He let Luka down. He let his team down. Uh, a lot of the struggles the Mavs are facing 
I'm going to put 50% of the blame on Mark Cuban and the organization and the structure around their star player and Luka Doncic. Last year, he got it right. That's why they went to the Western Conference Finals, and Mark Cuban uh, really, really messed this one up. Uh, to me, this is on him is a reason why uh, they will not be making the playoffs this year. Moving on to the Lakers. Last Yesterday on my podcast, I might have got a little emotional and said the Lakers were going to win uh, last night's game against the Clippers. I was really pulling for them uh, in the first half, or in my bad, in the first quarter. They were kind of trading back-to-back threes. Uh, big start to the game for the Clippers and Russell Westbrook. I liked how the Lakers uh, fought back as a team in that first quarter. But overall, uh, LeBron was terrible in the first half. I thought, to me, that was one of the worst first-half games, worst first half he's ever played. Three points, multiple turnovers, looked disheveled, looked lost. And then in the second half, he was great. 30 points in the second half, uh, threes uh, were going, uh, he felt that, and then Kawhi couldn't stop him. He go go downhill, attack the rim, and Kawhi couldn't stop him. It was sensational to watch. Uh, it gave me, you know, confidence and courage that, hey, LeBron can still do this at 38 years old. Uh, he can turn it up a notch uh, come playoff time. Uh, and then... Uh, I also admired that he played a deep plate considering they were playing on a back-to-back. They played uh, Tuesday night against the Jazz, and yesterday night uh, AD played uh, LeBron plays. That just showed how big this game was to them. Again, I liked how they prioritized that game. I know uh, they didn't win the game, but if there's such thing as a moral victory, last night that was one to see how well LeBron played on a back-to-back considering you won't have to play those in the playoffs. He'll get rest. That was encouraging. And the other thing was AD playing, not getting injured. Uh, played all right, not great. But to me, it was an encouraging Lakers loss. Again, I would have liked to win. Uh, but some things uh, just happened. The Clippers have now won 11 straight in a row against the Lakers. And they just play well. Uh, they shot 44% from three, 52% from the field. Uh Again, it's hard to win when uh, Kawhi Leonard shoots four for seven from three. Russell Westbrook opens up the game with back-to-back threes. Eric Gordon shoots uh, 50% from three. So does Bones Highland. Terrence Mann hits both of his. Uh, I mean, they just showed up to play the Lakers yesterday. Uh, and some, sometimes there's just nothing you can do about it. Tip my cap to the Clippers. Uh, but I thought it was a heartfelt uh, game from the Lakers to stretch and claw down from 24 back to 7 uh, to get it back within range. So I thought Lakers' encouraging loss yesterday, if there ever was one. But to me, it also made it very clear, uh, considering LeBron said that the back-to-back got the best of us, the scheduling uh, conflict, uh, you know, coming off a road trip, getting back late after an overtime. And I totally agree with LeBron. Uh, Back-to-backs should be abolished from the game of NBA. They should be no more. 
uh, and especially late in the season, there's too many pivotal games where it swings to one team. One team is favored because of back-to-backs. You look at last night, uh, Clippers and Lakers. Clippers were well-rested. They didn't play since Saturday. Lakers on a back-to-back. That automatically favors the Clippers. Last week, there was a big game between the Bucks and the Celtics. Bucks playing on a back-to-back the night before. Uh, you know, uh, Drew Holiday dropped 51. Giannis, triple-double. Celtics had the night off. Then they play. Celtics beat them out by 40. Uh, Bucks looked tired and drained from the energy that was expensed the night before. Guess what? This coming uh, tonight, Suns played the Nuggets. Then on Friday, back-to-back, guess what? They play the uh, Suns. And then Saturday, Clippers play the Trailblazers Saturday. Sunday, they play the Suns. So there's, again, too many big games down the stretch in a tight race uh, for playoffs and seeding. And back-to-back should not be a crucial swing factor for one team. It just can't be. Uh, so you have that factor right there to me. That's my biggest reason on why back-to-back should be abolished. Uh, my second one is it helps to get rid of load management. Uh, if there are no back-to-backs in the NBA, uh, you won't have a player sit out due to load management like an Anthony Davis or a Kawhi Leonard. Uh, there will be, there would never be a load management tag, at least a good one. Uh, you know, if you're not playing back-to-backs, it can't really be load managed. Uh, you could still load manage in other games, but then you just look like a, a wimp and it'd just be a worse look than, you know, taking off a back-to-back to try to avoid injury. Where some people get it, you really can't use load management as an excuse uh, when there are no more back-to-back games. And the other thing is, it's totally possible. It's not like we fit all these NBA games into this small schedule that we have to fit them in. It's long. The NBA regular season is starts in October. It ends in January, first week. So I did the actual calculation that began October 3rd and it ends uh, April 8th. That's 187 days. That is more than half a year. Right there. So if you divide that by two, you get 93 and a half. There's not 93 and a half games in the NBA. There's less than that. There's 82 games in the NBA. So it's possible, with that being said, there never has to be a back-to-back. Now, they factor in certain things like the All-Star break, uh, which you can do. You could take a full week off and still not play back-to-back. So they don't even take a full week off for the All-Star break. Uh, This time they could. Again, they don't have to have back-to-backs. I get if you want to have back-to-backs in some places, to me, it makes sense. Uh, If you have a road trip to Golden State and you play Golden State in Sacramento, since they're very close if you do those road trips on a back-to-back and that's it, or if it's Lakers-Clippers, again, on a back-to-back, but, uh, you know, it's Knicks-Celtics, or it's in a close close location, you know, I'd understand that. Uh, but in reality, there does not have to be 
back-to-backs in the NBA. Get rid of him. Please, I just gave you some reasons, Adam Silver. Please take him into account. But there should be no more back-to-backs. I don't know if I can reiterate this point enough. Uh, is it's, it's not good for the sport to have back-to-backs. Again, with the load management thing as well, fans don't want to watch when LeBron isn't playing, Kawhi isn't playing, Kevin Durant's not playing. So, so back-to-backs are just not not needed uh, in the game anymore. Again, they should be done. That's my thoughts on that. And again, it's not really a very complicated solution. As I just brought out, it doesn't have to be shorten the NBA season by 10 games or extend it even longer by a couple weeks. It's You don't have to do any of that. You don't have to cut games or extend the season. It's just simple math. 82 games in 187 days back-to-back is not needed at all. Uh, Adam Silver, again, if you need help with this scheduling, uh, feel free to call me. I'll help out. Lend the services. So now let's talk some more about the NBA. The East is all but set. Milwaukee yesterday clinched the best record in the NBA. So by default, they get the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. They clinch that. Uh, Boston uh, did clinch the uh, two seed. So they get that there. Uh, so one, two is clinched. Philly clinched the three. Uh, they have that. Uh, Cleveland clinched the four. New York clinched the five. Uh, so you have six is Brooklyn right now, Miami seven. Atlanta clinched a play-in spot. Uh, to me, they're kind of locked at eight. Maybe Toronto can pass them. They're a game behind. Toronto's at nine. And then Chicago clinched the other play-in spot at ten, and they're kind of locked in there at ten. So the only real movement is Brooklyn and Miami. Uh, could Miami get to six and pass Brooklyn? Uh and then Brooklyn dropped to a play-in. I don't see that happening. Uh, Brooklyn is playing very well. Uh, their next game is tomorrow night against the Magic, and they could win that and automatically clinch. Then they play the 76ers a little tougher, whereas Miami has to play the 76ers tonight, which is tough. And they play, oh, a back-to-back tomorrow against the Wizards in Washington. So they have to travel from Philly to Washington, uh, and then they play those two games and then the Magic on Sunday, which shouldn't be a problem, uh, but with the back-to-back and them playing in Philly tonight, I think Philly will win. Due to that, I think the way the Eastern Conference is set right now, 1-10, to 10, it is going to stay the same. Brooklyn stays the 6th. Miami stays the 7th. Uh, they'll eliminate themselves from getting any further ahead uh, by losing tonight. Then in the West... Still very interesting. Uh, since the Lakers lost last night, uh, they still have work to do, and they actually need some help. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. So Denver uh, clinched the best record in the NBA, uh, or my bad, clinched the best record in the West last night. So they get the one seed. Uh, Memphis uh, hasn't officially clinched the uh, two seed. But they would have to lose their next two games, and Sacramento would have to win their next two. 
I don't see that happening. I'm just going to say Memphis at two, considering Memphis plays in Milwaukee tough at uh, the Thunder. So not easy teams, both on the road. Uh, Kings play Warriors at home and at Denver on Sunday. So, again, maybe they both win one, lose one, and it still stays the same. Uh, Phoenix is uh, the four spot. They're not clinched it before. The Clippers can still pass them. But it's highly unlikely because I don't see the Suns losing out and the Clippers winning out. So let's just say the Suns are at four. And then you have the Clippers at five. They have two games left. They play the Trailblazers on Saturday at home. Oh, and then guess what? They have to play a back-to-back uh, in less than a 24-hour period. So the Saturday game's at 1 p.m. Pacific time. And then they go play the Suns at 12.30 Pacific time. Kawhi probably won't play due to his load management injury. So I believe they beat the Trailblazers, uh, which would mean they kind of clinch the five seed, and they lose to the Suns uh, to finish 43-39. and 39. Then I look at Golden State. Uh, Golden State uh, hasn't played great lately. They play a lot of close games. Uh, they play the Kings. Tomorrow night in Sacramento, they're a very bad road team, the Warriors are. And I think there's also going to be a chip on the King's shoulder uh, to beat them, considering Draymond's podcast a couple weeks ago said, yeah, he wants to play Sacramento, and he said a lot of other teams would want to play Sacramento. So I think Sacramento uh, is going to play with a chip on their shoulder. It is their last regular season home game of the year. I think they're going to bring it. So I think Warriors beat or Warriors lose to the Kings. They beat the Trailblazers. They finish with the same record as the Clippers, 43-39. and 39. Because of head-to-head, Clippers would automatically finish ahead of the Warriors. And then you have the Lakers. Uh, Lakers play the Suns tomorrow night. And then they play at home and then play the Jazz at home. So both games are at home. Uh, but this is what helps them playing the Suns tomorrow night. The Suns play against the, Thun- or against the Nuggets tonight. Uh, so again, that they'll be playing on a back-to-back. Tonight's game starts at seven. Tomorrow, seven thirty. So just about a twenty-four and a half-hour turnaround, I believe. Oh, with the Suns, I think they're gonna kind of win tonight. That will automatically clinch for four for them, and then I think they'll rest people tomorrow. I think the Lakers are gonna come out with a vengeance, beat the Suns, and then they'll beat the Jazz. On Sunday to finish 43 and 39. So you have the Clippers, Warriors, Lakers all finishing at 43 and 39. Uh, Pelicans also have 39 losses right now, but I believe they'll lose either one to the Knicks or T Wolves coming up. So you have three teams at uh, 43 and 39. So my initial prediction will be somewhat correct. If you remember my initial prediction, uh, I said last week and reiterated yesterday uh, Warriors 5, Clippers. Uh, Warriors 5, Lakers 6, uh, Clippers 7. So the 5-7 basically switched. I believe the Clippers will have the 5, Lakers 6, Golden State 7. Again, if all three teams were to tie, that is how the tiebreaker would be determined. Uh, Clippers and Lakers both have the tiebreak over the Warriors by beating them 3-1 to this season. And then the Clippers have the uh, edge against the Lakers because they swept them. So that, to me, that... Looks like the playoffs, I'm a little optimistic, of course, but that's how I think they'll end up. Lakers will sneak into that sixth seed. Uh, so, you'll, again, you'll have 
uh, Clippers five, Lakers six, and then the Warriors uh, would be seven and the play-in. Probably play New Orleans, and I do think that uh, Golden State would wipe the floor out with them. And then you'd have a lot, a lot of just uh, great playoff matchups. Uh, again, you have a 4-5, which is the Suns-Clippers, which would be a rematch of the Western Conference Finals uh, two, three years ago, in which Kawhi didn't play. He was injured. Uh, now he'll play against the Suns. Uh, we'll see if Paul George will be back. That would obviously make that matchup a little more juicier. But you'd have that right there, Phoenix Clippers, uh, great matchup. Uh, the Sacramento Lakers uh, series will be very good because you kind of have a very good team in the Lakers, uh, somehow going up against the division champs in Sacramento, who has just played great this year. It's kind of, I think the Lakers would be favored, so it's just, even though Sacramento were better, it's this underdog story of can they advance far in the playoffs? That'd be a great matchup. Uh, I think the Warriors would win their first play-in game. Then they played Memphis. That has storylines written all over it, considering uh, the Draymond and Dylan Brooks uh, rivalry, maybe just the rivalry, everybody with Dylan Brooks on the team, Steph Curry, uh, Dylan Brooks and John Morant, the Clay Thompson and Dylan Brooks. So that would be very good, and it's, you know, how emotional is Memphis going to get? Uh, whereas Warriors have done this before. They beat them last year in the playoffs. Uh, and the Warriors were the three seed and Memphis was a two. And then the last play-in game, our last series could be Denver against the possibility of the Pelicans, T-Wolves, Thunder, or I think the Mavs. Uh, so if you have that Denver against the Mavs, it's could they steal a playoff series? Luka Doncic in Kyrie Irving would be how much fits would they pose to this team? Uh, so you'd have, again, great matchups in the West. Uh, I think the, you know, all those first-round matchups, if those were to happen, uh, again, hypothetically, don't think there'd be one sweep. Usually in the NBA first round, we see a lot of sweeps. In the West, uh, with what I just laid out, I do not think there would be one sweep in the West. Now, I think there'll be sweeps in the East. I think uh, Boston could definitely sweep uh, Miami. and Actually, no, I shouldn't say that. I think Miami could win again. But I definitely think Milwaukee could sweep, you know, Toronto or Atlanta. Uh, so I, I'll give them that sweep. But NBA playoffs are shaping up. That's how I think it's going to end. Only a few days left tonight, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So four days left of the NBA season. A lot of ways it could realistically finish uh, in the West. But stay tuned, watched. I hope everyone has a great weekend. I'll talk to you all next week. Bye, everybody.